Welcome back to another episode of the ABCs of ERP and Beyond, the podcast all about enterprise resource planning software and how it helps you run a business through a dedicated system. So if you are new to the world of ERP and are looking to learn a little bit more about how it can provide reliable inventory control, accurate bookkeeping, real-time data analytics, amongst other features, then, well, this is where this podcast comes in. And today, we are diving deep into a crucial and often daunting aspect of ERP implementation, which is data migration. It's no secret that migrating data is a high-stakes task filled with potential obstacles. But it's also an opportunity, a chance to clean house, organize and streamline operations. So we'll unravel the best practices that lead to hopefully a seamless transition and shine a light on some common pitfalls you must try to avoid. Whether you are a seasoned professional or new to the ERP scene, understanding the ins and outs of data migration can save your organization time, money, and a heap of headaches. And I cannot do this without my esteemed co-host, Narav Shah. Hey, Peter. Welcome back. How have you Thank been? You, sir. I've been all right. Not too bad. A little sick last week, but uh, we fought that off. You know, we got the had the gloves on. We fought that off pretty well. Beat that virus down. And uh, happy to report I am 90% better. Um, and then this 10%, just this weird lingering, you know, cold thing that is in Chicago. So you, you have to expect, <laughs> you have to expect some, uh, some level of uh, cough or uh, stuffy noses and all that kind of crap uh, at this time of season. Uh, it's change, weather's changing. Like it was crazy. It was 70 uh, Fahrenheit and like today it's supposed to be 30 Fahrenheit. It's, oh. It just, it just goes, bounces yeah. around like a, like a ping pong, but happy to be back. Happy to talk about this subject. I think this is a huge point. We've talked about it. Parts of this, I think, throughout um, our previous episodes, how data migration is key to a successful implementation. Um, but to to discuss the best practices, what to stay away from, and and you know, I'm going to be sharing a story here towards the end of our podcast of a failure, data migration failure. So people understand, or listeners understand out there what to stay away from in this particular failure um, example. So excited to share that and, um, you know, talk about the rest of the points here. Very good. Um, should we just dive straight in? I say we do it. Okay, cool. Let's start from the beginning then. So um, what is data migration? What's the definition and why is it a critical component? Yeah, so data migration is the process of taking data from one system that you have, right? Whether that's going to be an Excel or QuickBooks or, um, you know, another, you know, ERP system. And you take that data and, and you, in essence, are moving it over to the new system, the new business system that you're using. Um, and trying to do all the mapping of all those, all that all the data that's coming over from your legacy system, mapping it over to the new system. But I think sometimes more important than just mapping the data is understanding what life the data is going to give to the business. So it's understanding the use cases of that data in order to map that correctly. Um, who's going to use it, when they're going to use it. Um, what are the outputs? What are the inputs of all this data? 
So it's just not taking, you know, taking an item number and moving an item number. It's really a lot more than that. And because that item number has a certain way it lives in the legacy system, but migrating that item number that gets the same input and outputs of that item, uh, of that of that specific piece of data, but then more, right? And how you're going to use it in a different light uh, to to reach your business goals. So really, that's what I what I feel is a definition generally of data migration is um, taking that information and how you're running your business, moving it over, but using the same data to get more information for your business now. I mean, that's why you're doing the move, right? In the first place uh, to a new ERP system, to streamline your processes, make processes easier, um, to automate, it's to you know get a better view of your data, get better reporting, right? All these different reasons, um, but the, the you know, the, the definition of data migration is moving, you know, your, your business data from, from one system to another. But there's just a lot that goes into that um, um, activity and that, that, that phase in the project that it needs to be really, uh, uh, you have to take it, take it through a fine comb and mm -hmm. really say, is this data going to fit this new model that we're looking to implement? Mm-hmm. We discussed before when we're discussing which bits have to come over because there's an opportunity to have a read-only database of your old ERP. You, we said before, you're not going to bring over years and years of transactional history into your new ERP. We can have that as a read-only database and then through business intelligence tools, marry up the two together to have one yeah. consistent um, BI tool. So how do we choose what to bring over because it's easy to say financial data customer data product data done but we've also got to think about warehouse setups business process flows so where do we start do we start with customer and product data or do we think about setting up how we transfer uh, bin locations uh, from a, a departmental lens instead how do we choose yeah i th i I think the setup part of it, the system setup part of it is an important point, right? It's, it's the ability to say, okay, how are we going to use a system? What flags are we going to turn on? What processes are we going to use? Um, so once you've set the system up, quote unquote, uh, company setups, um, sales and receivable setups, uh, purchase pre preferences, right? Purchasing preferences, um, invoicing preferences, warehouse setup right um what type of warehousing you're going to do you're going to do basic you're going to do intermediate you're going to do advanced warehousing these decisions kind of need to be i would say uh thought through first and then on top of that you layer your data and how you're going to use your data for those setups right because i always feel like you don't let your data drive your business process you drive the business process based on where you see the business being in one year to five years, and that data will evolve around that. So you develop best practices, automation, and efficiencies with the process, and then you get the data in to support that, to get the proper outputs, right, at the end of the day. So it's important to understand where you want to go so you have the data to support it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess there's 
Um, they just need to be a little bit careful about what is a business process versus what is a business decision. So the business process is one thing, but then obviously the data, you get that feedback loop from following business process that then the data will give you good insights into your business to right. then make decisions based on that data. It's kind of, it's this loop yep. through that kind of process, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If you just take your data and just pound it in without thinking about what is a business process that this data needs to be used and supported with, right? You're going to do a lot of extra work, unnecessary work in essence, right? Now, every ERP implementation that we do, even sometimes before the business process discussions, we get just very basic information in the system. So instead of using demo data, we say, okay, give us your customer, give us your customers, give me your vendors, give me your items. We just want the raw item number. We just want maybe the raw vendor, you know, number, and then we just want the vendor information, which is a standard address. Same, same, same thing with the customer. And we'll just say, just give us some basic information to get the implementation going. Now, that doesn't mean that we've already made decisions on, you know, just because we asked for the item master, just the item number that um, we know how we're going to use your cross-references um, or we're setting that up way far in advance or, you know, how we're going to set up your warehouse class codes against your items, right? Or uh, identify, you know, whether the item is going to be one financial posting code versus another financial posting code. None of that is even part of the conversation at this point. It's let's get familiar data at a high level into the system right away so we could start working on the business process. Because you typically people like to see their information um, right up front in the implementation. And then and then we start talking about process. And then we start start looking at, okay, well, here's how the item number looks. This is what we want your process to be. Now these are the fields we want to make sure we backfill on your item on your item master for all the records that are coming over because of the way we're, we've decided on what your process should be at the end of the day. It, it kind of lives, it's a breathing thing, a task that's parallel throughout the whole project. So you have all these other tasks going on, but data migration is underlying a lot of that, that are happening. Because you always have to keep looking at the data. You have to keep looking at, well, is this being supported on what we're trying to do here? Right? Did we find a gap? Did we find a gap because of our data, right? And what we need. So it's just not um, about getting data in one time and set it, forget it. It's like you got to get very bare bones in, establish processes, set the system up, and then go back and backfill some of that data on how you're going to be supporting supporting the system. Um, for this kind of migration plan because it's not a one-time event. There's probably some cleanup on the first side and then before we chuck it into the new system. Um, what phases are, if we were to dig into the, the my data migration part, where do we start? Um, is there some stuff we can prep first? Is it worthwhile yeah. cleaning up our old ERP before bringing it over? Um, yes and no. Um... Yes, if there's ability for us to go ahead and capture um, some of the changes that we make, right? Um, but you don't want that data to hurt your current ERP either, your legacy system, because you're still using that. 
So you can't make too many, too many changes in there. And then it's, and then I'll say, no, don't clean it up too early in advance because you don't know what you're cleaning up, right? There's going to be things out of the, out of the gate. We're going to say, okay, let's say the item master in the new system only supports 20 characters and you're at 25. Okay. We know you have to clean that up, right? That's a primary key. So let's clean that up, right? And you could do it even, you know, just export your data out, clean it in Excel before you push it into the system. You might have to do some data mapping, so on and so forth. But like what financial codes we're going to add to a specific item or, um, you know, like I was saying, what, you know, what, what could, what is a warehouse class code or, you know, um, how we're going to set up our, our cross references and stuff like that. That I would say, once you, we know how we're using the data, I think then you, you, you clean that up. And, and by the way, one thing that we forgot to mention is in every successful ERP implementation, there should always be a company. There should be a training company. And then there should be another company as part of the as part of the implementation that's your data migration company. And all that company is there for, it's a sterile company for you to essentially keep modifying that data as you're making business decisions. Okay. Right? And then and then at some point you may say, okay, we're gonna take our data from our sterile company and now we're gonna we're gonna refresh and make it our new 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 training company and we're gonna train in that. Right. Because ultimately, like I said, this is this is a parallel task that happens throughout the full implementation. So at some point, when you decide to go live, all you do is take that data migration company and just flip that to live. And you're off and going, essentially. Yeah. Because right? that's kind of like your sandbox, your play area on data migration. You make changes there. Um, you know, there is no limitation because you haven't done transactions. You can always go back and change, change the way that data is sitting uh, based on decisions that you made. So it's always good practice to do it that way. Mm-hmm. When we're actually doing this, is there any data migration tools to use? You mentioned um, exporting into Excel. Is there any other kind of validation tools or is it really kind of quite manual and hacky and we just have to use Excel or whatever we, we have available? Um, there, Do you know there are any some tools t- out there? I think, I know, I know Excel, obviously. Um, there's There's these tools created by various different, there's, there's this whole industry that's popping up called supply chain analytics. And um, what they do is they actually analyze your data during an implementation. And they'll say, okay, well, you know, you should, you should actually create a few more routings because routing steps or work centers, because the way you've been reporting on your production wasn't reaching your goal. And you've always had to separate out a specific work center into like three, you know, you have to do a complex formula to get a specific piece of data. Well, these companies go and look at your data and they say, you know, they recommend things that you should do and how to clean your data up as well uh, to get better, better reporting. So there's companies out there that help you to do this from a um, analytics standpoint. Um, there's, uh, you know, in terms of tools that, that you could just kind of use as an intermediary to plug your data in and, and, clean your data and then bring it in. I don't know it that many because data migration from an ERP standpoint um, is, uh, uh, you know, trying to map everything to a certain table set, right? And I don't know if like a lot of these tools would have those table sets, you know, already pre-mapped. So I think Excel is, is, is probably the preferable choice, especially for the SMB market, right? We need to maybe look at the enterprise, um, 
higher solutions and stuff. There's probably um, uh, options out there to to bring your data into various different silos, like maybe oh, like data data lakes, right? Microsoft Data Lake or um, uh, warehouses, uh, data warehouses, uh, Dataverse potentially, right? Um, where you could bring your data in and, and look at it and have it sit there and then you, you change it and before you bring it into your ERP system. So, I mean, thinking about it now, there, there's definitely all these different um, tools out there. It just depends on, you know, which, how we want to use a tool and, um, and, and the number of changes that we're going to be making to the data. Yeah, and I guess all of these ERPs are sitting on top of some backend SQL or T-SQL um, server anyway. Right. So, right. you know, exactly. if you if you can, if you're lucky enough to have uh, a data engineer or a data scientist, probably a data engineer, that can yep. at least do full table extractions and then from there start to kind of plan out some auditing or validation process based on those tables for completeness yeah. and... Yeah, things yeah. like that. So we, uh, they're effectively just databases behind the scenes, aren't they? So it's just getting to exactly to that level for extraction. Yeah, we're we're doing an implementation right now. Actually, it's a plating company, and uh, it's a pretty cool process. They uh, they plate aerospace parts, so they'll get a bunch of parts that come in, and whether the customer needs uh, silver plating on top, gold plating on top, nickel plating on top, right? In order to plate something, it goes by surface area of of, of the part. And um, they don't have a routing system right now or like a true production system right now. So we're defining their process, you know, for them uh, on the manufacturing side. We realized that we needed to also figure out how we're going to create their work centers. So we've created a way where we take their work centers and they didn't have this data before. And we're going to make that into a work center bin. So as they put their liquid into these um, different tanks and these parts go into this tank with this liquid in it, let's say gold, for example, right? They know the surface area and how much chemicals go into you know, plating a specific part. So we're gonna have this bin associated to the work center. So as they're completing things out of that, out of that work center, it's gonna backflush inventory. So at every single point, they'll know how much, how much gold liquid is in that specific tank using this this work center bin concept. So you know they didn't have this before, so there was nothing really to clean. So it's data that we created mm -hmm. for them for data migration that they're going to be using supporting moving forward, right? So you know there's a lot of these decisions that are being made during an ERP implementation. And so you can't just say, oh, the, the data that we're bringing over is the data the only data that we're using. There's mm -hmm. going to be new elements, new data that we're going to be creating that didn't exist before because of the way that the business is going to be running here, not now in, you know, in the short term, but also the long term, right? Um, so we also have to keep that in mind that we're cleaning existing data, but also creating new data. Mm. Yeah, that's an important point because you might be coming from an ERP that's uh, years and years old, that those, you know, the features of modern day ERP just wasn't around. So that right. data just doesn't exist. Or you could be coming right. from something like QuickBooks where nothing exists. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I know you're, you're right about that. I was just having this conversation, Peter, with, um, who was I? I think my sales manager. And we we're talking about, you know, QuickBook customers and, you know, QuickBooks conversions, QuickBooks conversions, right? And uh, I, was, I was telling them that, hey, we don't do QuickBooks conversions. And I'll tell you why. QuickBook conversions 
sounds like as if you're taking that QuickBooks data and just pile driving it right into your new ERP system, you're going to use that data. And that really is not true. You shouldn't be doing that, right? Because you're moving into a new ERP system. You're, you're going to use that data as a starting point and add to that data and have it come to life based on some new functionality that you have now in the ERP system. So yeah. QuickBook conversion seems like so uh, not right, misleading when you talk about a ERP migration um, because you're taking just that, you're taking that data as a starting point and you're building on it and, and, and making that data um, uh, give, give it more um, dimension to use in different parts of the business to get better reporting and things like that. Right. So it's uh, um, not, it's, it's, it's important not to fall into the, the mindset of saying, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a conversion of QuickBooks. No, you're not. You're doing a conversion of business processes and using QuickBooks as a starting point and, you know, and, 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 and getting onto like a more robust system now. So yeah. that, that, that's an important point, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. So that probably leads us on to our next uh, section here, really, is what other common pitfalls are there in this data migration process? Um, what do we need to avoid? Yeah, it's, it's not being um, open to change, number one, right? Um, modifying the system to meet your data needs. A good example of that is, uh, let's say your part numbers are 25 characters. System only allows 20, the new ERP system. Well, let's find ways where we could reduce the number of characters of your item numbers coming in because to modify the item number throughout every place in the system, through every single report that you could potentially run is a behemoth undertaking, right? So I would say stay away from those type of things where, you know, you have to be open that, you know, what are you getting in exchange of changing some of the data that's coming over? You're getting better business processes. You're getting a bigger system. You're getting separations of duties, right? You're getting the ability to integrate shipping. You're getting the ability to, you know, do engineering change management in a single system, right? You're getting the ability that your system is now auditable. No one can just go change invoices after the fact. So think about these other things you're getting now and, 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 and you just have to, on the other side, you know, conform, conform to the data practices in the new ERP system, right? I would say don't modify the system. Try to stay away from modifying the system to meet your data needs, right? Sure, if it's small enough, fine, go, go ahead and do it. Not a problem, right? Um, if you need a new field to manage uh, uh, a specific customer type or something like that, fine. A new field, okay, that's that's doable, but don't don't go around trying to change the core, um, you know, logic of of how data sits in in the, in the new ERP system. Mm -hmm. I mean, not not to mention, not to mention, the upgrade path is going to be such a pain. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I say with this is inadequate testing. Oh yeah, again on yeah. the upgrade path, yeah. You don't, you don't want to be a few years down the road and realize. Yeah. Did you buy that for yourself? <laughs> Someone had to. 
if anyone's only listening, Narav decided to share with us his super dad mug. Um, <laughs> Just thought I'd put the, that out there on this fine Saturday yeah. morning. People actually care. <laughs> <laughs> um, which leads me to my next point, validation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The importance of validation, much in the <laughs> yes. way of Nirav validates his um, parental yep. status with a mug. Absolutely, um, absolutely. You need to validate your data as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't just go and per- purchase good data like you can purchase no, it. No, no, you can't. You can't. You, you, it's, 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 it's validation from all the key stakeholders. It's validation from... Um, the business process, right? It's, uh, or like, I, like I've been saying a few times already in, in our podcast, and this is what we're doing now, but we're also doing, going to be doing five years down the road, right? Uh, how we're setting ourselves up for success is validation. Um, and, and not just to take, you know, garbage in and garbage out, right? Um, it's, it's to take that data and, and really be able to turbocharge it um, for the new ERP system. So yeah, data validation is, is huge, um, uh, element to this whole thing. Okay, cool. Look, we're rapidly running out of time. We always do on these. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let's finish with, um, some stories you said at the start, yeah. some, yeah. some nightmare stories that, uh, that you might want to share with us. Yeah. So it just, we just came off of a nightmare. Um, and it, it everything was going really well. Right. And here's one thing I need to realize during the ERP implementation itself. And I'm going to talk about the cutover and go live. The ERP implementation itself, it's impossible for you to test 90% of the data that comes in. Okay. You're making reasonable judgments on how that data is being saved and brought into the system and configured. I say that because you only play with 10% of your data during training. Okay. So you're playing with such a small subset and you're using the same item numbers over and over again, using the same routings over and over again, and you're testing and shipping the same items over and over again and testing. And you're making decisions off of those tests to update and modify your existing data. Right. So you're up making these mass, massive changes to your data that's coming in. And now you haven't tested those mm-hmm. items the process you're just making a reasonable assumption this is how i'm going to be setting up those items fine so in this particular case we're you know we tested only 10 percent of the data and 90 percent of data is coming in and um what the, the person that was making changes to the data didn't tell the project manager during cutover is that he made 60 percent of his um, changes in item unit of measures. So you can imagine, right? <laughs> item unit of measures is a pretty big deal when you deal with <laughs> a bunch of different units of measure that impacts costing, that impacts the way you yeah. use inventory, the way you sell inventory. So this guy went ahead and updated probably 400 items for different units of measures that they did not use before. Right at goal line, right at goal line. And the information goes in, 
inventory goes in. But inventory goes in at all the wrong units of measures. So you have inventory valuation that was off by millions of dollars. You had, you had raw material inventory that was unreliable at go live, completely unreliable at go live. Production was at a standstill because they couldn't backflush anything because the units of measures were all off. Like it took us almost three weeks to go back and clean that data back into the system. There's going to be a very important piece of data migration that you want to make sure is, is fully vetted, right? Um, and approved before go live and all LSA from this failed data migration example. Please, please, please double check, triple check, quadruple check item units of measure. Because <laughs> that is so important. So important. So like if something was by box, it's now been changed to by meters. Exactly. It's like 700 meters in the box. Exactly. You don't want to exactly. be changing the unit measure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe and, like seven hundred uh, x out. Suddenly you've got, x, exactly. Yeah. Well, they had yeah. they had a situation where they they um, they do a lot of things in rolls. Okay, they buy these big right. graph these, these big like sheets and rolls, and um, a lot of it went in in inches, and then a lot of a lot of a lot of went in into yards, and they don't use it in that. They use them in freaking rolls, and um, <laughs> and it was just a mess. And then the other th thing around that is that the unit of measures on the bill of materials, the quantity per was incorrect. So you had the inventory that went at the wrong unit of measures. The bill of materials had totally another separate unit of measures that didn't even make sense <laughs> for the item. <laughs> oh my God. And this guy did not say, and he didn't say anything. You know, did not say a word. He was like kind of secretly making, making all these changes in the data migration company. So, you know, like I was saying, you, you make only, you only use probably 10% of that data you test during the implementation to ensure that your business process is being supported. 90% of data, you're making reasonable, educated assumptions that we're setting our data up for success when we go live. So kind of always consider that in the back of your head when you're going through a data migration process. So, so test the 80% of your data that you're gonna be using every day. That doesn't mean 80% of the item numbers or 80% of all the data, but 80% of the type of transactions that you're gonna be doing all the time, right? Test that yep. um, in the ERP implementation. Yeah, so test the 20% that generates the 80% of most of the transactions. Exactly, exactly, there you go. <sighs> there you go. Music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> you know which company I work for. They'd be oh, very yeah. proud of you. They, they would be proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that was a fun that was a fun go live. That was a fun go live. So have you got a success story? Let's try and um, tip the scales in balance again. When's it gone smoothly? What was done to make it go so smoothly? Obviously, watching uh, this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> has it ever gone smoothly? I'll be honest with you. Um, Smooth is relative in a data in, in an ERP implementation and a data migration project. Um, but did we did it go smoother than we expected? Yes, yes. There was a company, a manufacturer 
that that basically just they they manufactured screws. Um, so you know, very low raw, you know, the raw materials like bar stock and stuff. Um, so that was fine. You know, they they they're coming off off from a manufacturing environment. They didn't really don't want to change how their bombs and routers were. Um, uh, their their customers. Uh, we had to do some changes to the customers and how we brought them into 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 the system. Um, vendors were fine. So yeah, I would say um, you know, if there's a company that that like ninety percent of their business is just like one thing. Right, like it's like this one's just making screws. That 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 wasn't too bad, right? It's like when you have a, co a company that does like make to order, they do to make to stock, they do some assembly work, right? They do some kitting, and then and then they also do some maybe drop shipping, right? That's when it gets like a little bit more complicated because all that data has to sit a certain way in order to use it um, in the right at the right points. Very good. Um, any final words, or are we we wrapped up? I think we're pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, I think I think we wrapped up. I think. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see what data migration horror stories or success stories that the listeners have out there, right? Or any questions they have on data migration that we haven't discussed um, today that we can help answer. But data migration is an art more than a science, just like MRP and MPSs. But that's a different conversation for a different day that will that has a lot more horror stories than success <laughs> stories. <laughs> um, but um, it's an art more than a science and uh don't take it for granted um yeah i'll leave it there Micro. yep <laughs> <laughs> very good well um yeah i hope some someone out there has found some valuable information in this we've covered the planning potential pitfalls best approaches they can really make or break the success of uh of a data transition uh, i guess and obviously a well-executed data transition where it sets the stage for more efficient, uh, more streamlined business operations year over year. So it's certainly yeah. worth every ounce of preparation that you can make for it. So um, that's it. Uh, don't forget our contact details are down below. You can reach out to us with your stories or questions. Um, and if you want to get featured in an upcoming episode, just let us know. And I must contact that guy that reached out to us. He's, uh, I'm sure yes. he's just waiting for his email from us. Um, or completely forgotten about us. So uh, yeah, we should yeah. hopefully have a, uh, have, yeah. a guest, um, have a guest soon. So until next yes. time, Absolutely. my name is Peter Nicholson. That guy's name is Narav Shah. Or that side? That's I think me. you're that side when I edit. I, 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 I'm there. there. I think I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. everywhere, actually. I'm, oh. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Um, good, and I will catch you on the next one. Take it easy. Awesome. Take care, Peter.